to yeah. the episode now. That's how we mark them. Yeah, that's. I get you. That's, that's our he, thing. That's how he does it. We don't have the little thingy, so. It's all you need. The thingy's just a fancy clap. It is. It is. But it looks nicer. It does. It, does it looks look cool. Nice. It, it does, does look cool. cool. And you can write different we'll things, get one. anecdotes. We'll get one. We should get one. Okay. We'll put that in the budget for next year. Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> Bring it! Bring it is my podcast! Bring it! Bring it! Bring it is my So, everybody, today we have a show of firsts. Yes. We Very have exciting. our first musical artist who has sold over a million records. Woo! That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have our first vegan. Also cool. Also very cool. I know this is going to shock a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We have our very first Canadian mm-hmm. on Bacon is My Podcast. Our friendly neighbors to the north. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Bradford of the band Silverstein. Sir, welcome to Bacon is My Podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining Thanks. us. Thank you for having me. It's uh, It's quite the pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll see. We'll ask you again at the end if that's true. <laughs> right. You're giving us a lot right off the bat. So, man, how are you doing? How are you? Uh, how... First off, like for those of you who are living under a rock or whatever, mm. Silverstein, in terms of bands and the bands that are staying active during like the pandemic and the lockdown and stuff like that, these guys are really leading the way. Um, like even from like the uh, he's making faces no like even from the very beginning that you guys had that YouTube video that you did the quarantine and that was like that was really cool and I was me personally I was like man this is we're all gonna have to do this this is just something that we're just gonna have to do and figure out yeah it definitely and, kind of like helped helped uh, break open a door of ideas for like oh we're doing this, you know, right. we're, we're members of two bands and we can't do anything right now. And we're like, well, we like to hang out and talk to people and stuff. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. What, what, uh, what was it that like made you guys, how conscious of a decision was that versus what you were kind of doing anyway? Cause we know like a lot of things have been heading online to begin yeah. with. Certainly things have been heading that way. Uh, and we are embracers of, you know, what is new and, and seems to be gaining traction, always trying to find new ways to embrace the fan base uh, and hopefully, you know, get in front of some new people too. Um, But first and foremost, we are a touring band. We, we make records and we go on tour to promote them. Uh, And we, we like to travel a lot. Like uh, we've taken this band to 45 plus countries at this point. We get around. That's, that's, primarily what we're all about yeah, like 230 uh, days on the road per year average or something it, it's Some not quite number. that anymore but it, it used to be at least that <laughs> yeah um now we are maybe a little more strategic with where we're going and when and there's more travel days in between to you know facilitate our uh sanity um but we had just put out a new record right at the very beginning of the pandemic uh like just before days before 
it, it kind of all came crashing down. And um, so we were on tour promoting that. It was also uh, our 20th anniversary tour, uh, 20 years of being a band. Pretty wild. Yeah. So yeah. we were in like go mode. We were like big time celebrating our entire career and promoting this brand new record that I think at least internally we think is one of the best things we've ever recorded. I it's, am, uh, I am nice. wholeheartedly with you guys on that one. That The new record is a uh, beautiful place to drown. It is freaking awesome. Front to back. Literally, it is awesome. awesome. I hadn't I hadn't listened to it because I will uh, I will I will admit to being a, a lapsed fan. I These saw things happen. you guys. I saw you guys years and years and years ago. I think on tour with Aiden, I believe. Like, um, but it was like a early two thousands, and uh, and I was, I, I really the thing that sells me on a band is when I see them live and I see their like live performance. And I was a huge fan of your guys' live performance. And I, and um, but then. Over the years, I just kind of like, kind of lost, uh, lost listening. Yeah, I just wasn't. I wasn't around for a lot of it. I'd, I'd pick up things here and there. It happens. And uh, once, once we knew that you were coming on the show, I did like a deep dive in everything. And damn, man, like the 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 new album is really, really excellent. It really is. Like front Thank to you. back, excellent. Um, but you guys have been putting out excellent music like all along. Yeah, <laughs> you guys never stopped. Uh, which is thank you pretty impressive man <laughs> yeah we've been going hard we tend to do a new record every two years and then tour the two years in between mm-hmm. um as i was saying we, we put out this new record that we're very proud of and like we were in go mode like 20 years of being a band new record let's like world tour promote the thing celebrate our entire career uh and then like 10 days into the tour just like no right very clear that this is not happening for at least a little while we have to go home we have to uh you know try and do something because it is definitely go time uh so yeah we very quickly got into things like doing the the quarantine video that you mentioned where uh at that point it was definitely not a good idea to be in direct contact with anyone else so uh we individually recorded uh and filmed parts of our songs uh in our own homes and then stitch those all together into a almost like a zoom call performance um that was the first thing that we could think to do yeah you were the first that i saw that did that too and then like a lot of people followed suit it was a really that was a really cool thing yeah it just felt like we were like on and ready to go and do this whole year of crazy touring and to have it squashed like that. We, we still had a lot of creative energy and a lot of uh, drive to, to get out there and do stuff. So any way that we could, we were going to. So we did that. We did uh, another stream uh, in the summer um, where we like things had kind of calmed down a little bit, at least in Canada, and we were able to get into a room together. Uh, so we actually uh, took over the recording studio where we recorded A Beautiful Place to Drown and uh, did a, like a, a full performance from there. Um, and then have recently done, yeah, another one, um, out of this world, the series. out of this world concert series where we did three shows. Uh, the one in the studio was a little bit like a still full on rocking, but it was a intimate in studio vibe. Uh, whereas the, uh, out of this world virtual concert series was a bit more of a, uh, actual concert production, like with full on flashing lights and stage rigging and all that yeah. type of stuff. What I what I really love about the the 
you know, and, and this is kind of what we kind of adopted when we started doing the podcast and stuff, but especially with your live streams is people are getting to see you guys like your personalities and stuff like that stuff that doesn't doesn't necessarily come out in a music video mm -hmm. and uh, god i love the skits that you guys did in between songs and and all that stuff the out of this world stuff is is awesome like really cool like mini mystery movie kind of thing going <laughs> on uh i think i think that's huge because it gives people the chance to learn about the people within the band not just the band and i think that people people just think, yeah they they just connect with that and uh yeah you guys kind of led the way and and that's that's really inspiring for you know a couple of musicians like us too because it's it's freaking awesome what you guys have been doing is great thank you so how did you um when everything kind of happened right and everything was kind of shutting down and you and you found out that okay this this tour is not going to happen right now the way that we want it to um how were you guys how quickly were you guys able to kind of like circle the wagons and get into a positive mindset and be like all right let's just shift our focus and and go in this direction did it did it take a while was it like was it the difficult process or did you guys just all kind of jump right into it i i can most accurately speak for myself uh, we came home from that feeling pretty crushed. I, I at least felt very crushed. Um, what was supposed to be like the best year of our lives was starting to look like a bit of a disaster. Um, but like, I, I, I will give a lot of credit to our drummer who is also our manager, Paul. Um, he just has a, a great attitude and a great mind for these things and has really, uh, kind of kept the ideas flowing um, and giving us these projects to work on, I think has really helped a lot, uh, with our mindsets, you know, um, even if the rest of the world feels like it's falling apart, you can kind of put your head down and, uh, focus on this, whatever for a little bit and, uh, pour yourself into it and not worry as much about what's going on. Yeah. I, uh, I was actually fortunate enough, uh, to see the tour, which, uh, just before we we saw it like three or four days before they mm -hmm. shut the world down uh i went to starland ballroom in new mm -hmm. jersey uh which i don't know if i've said it on the show but i've said it a million times i'll go to starland any day of the week over the city because Absolutely. it's oh man it's it's a cool venue and i i know it's i know it's special to you guys too um, absolutely for a couple of different reasons uh but yeah so one thing about that set though is what people don't realize is you guys played three sets. So this this whole out of this world concert series, you did that in one night. So how many days into tour did you guys get, and how gassed did you get uh, doing these <laughs> sets? Because it, we do like what like well, you guys do marathon sets. He's he's like headliner around here. I'm like the uh, like the dinner crowd. <laughs> That's what I do. So I'm I'm gassed after like seven or eight songs. So. How do you guys do it? I mean, Shane too. He's, he's screaming and, and singing right into each other. It's it's killer. It's killer. <laughs> yeah, as a singer, I'm blown away by that. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we definitely uh, like we knew what we were getting into, so we planned the tour accordingly. We were taking uh, more days off per week than I think we normally would uh, okay. to kind of give ourselves a little bit more uh, rest time and recovery time. Mm -hmm. um, 
bringing out a great lighting package and lighting uh, designer helps a lot because the show can look really intense while you are not maybe actually rocking out as hard. That being said, of course we're rocking out as hard as we can, but yeah, it like if we have a support set where we're able to play eight songs, we are going harder during that than we are if we are playing like 22 songs, right? No, right. We're still going hard, but you got to pace yourself. You give everything, no matter how many songs it is. I would say so. But yeah, yeah. 22, you spread everything out a bit. You got to spread it out a little bit. Um, but like, certainly those were some of the best shows we've ever done. Like the crowds were insane. Um, I, I loved our set list. It, it is similar to what we were doing on the out of this world, uh, the three show series there that we did, but, uh, yeah as you say, condensed into one night uh, and in condensing it like that, we can't play everything that we did in each of those one-hour yeah. specials. Yeah. Um, we were able to, you know, embellish the the sets for those. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, a, truly a celebration of all things Silverstein. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, it, it felt as much. It, it was just a joy to be out on stage and like look at these crowds that like 20 years into our little band's career are, are as passionate about us as ever. There's like kids at some of these shows that are as old as or younger than the band, um, yep. which is incredible to have, have continually brought in new people um, while still, you know, somehow enticing people that have maybe listened to us when they're younger and grown up and gotten real jobs and had families and stuff like that, still bringing them out and having them have a, a rocking night so it, it well, I, just incredible for us i i can i can certainly attest to that because i mean my kids are a little too young so far but uh they they listen to you regularly my kids listen to you guys regularly i sent him videos of you the last live that. stream that they did oh, oh yeah. i'm sorry I, I they come out to the studio sometimes and sing mm-hmm. there's videos of them watching the live stream as well um but yeah uh so they do uh, the song "Burn It Down" with okay. uh, Caleb from Beartooth mm-hmm. and Gavin, my son. He he just want he wants the spot. He wants the guest spot. He he <laughs> he's practicing his screaming. Um, he's getting there. He's getting there. Yeah, he's pretty so good. Uh, seven years old. You know, maybe maybe he can uh, start touring soon. Yeah, could have a future. As, as, yeah, he could be Shane's understudy or something. <laughs> you know, if he ever needs it. <laughs> We'll see. But so, yeah, it's cool. It's it, it's a family thing, right? Yeah. Silverstein's a family thing here. So somehow that is true. That it's become that. Uh, it's bizarre. Is that um is that wild to you to see? Like, what do you what do you attribute that to? I mean, one thing I could say is that you guys have um you've really found an interesting way to um you didn't change your style, but you've added different styles throughout the years and you've incorporated all these different things to kind of keep everything sounding fresh, but it still keeps the, the, the sonic kind of attack that was always there. That like that punk hardcore melodic thing that's kind of always been there. And then these other elements have come in. So that's definitely one thing that's, that's, I can say has kept the band fresh to me listening through everything, but what do you kind of attribute that to? Uh, for you, what would you say? It's tricky. I'd like, I good luck <laughs> is uh, <laughs> got to be a, at least a, a chunk of it. Um, I was mentioning Paul, our, our drummer and manager earlier. Um, he just is pretty brilliant and has done an amazing job. Uh, always embracing 
new trends as far as like digital mediums uh, to kind of keep us uh, in touch with potential listeners. Um, I think, as you mentioned, like we've been able to uh, not change, but adapt. Um, I, I think one thing that has set us up well from the beginning is our sound was a little bit hard to nail down. It's always kind of had a variety of, uh, influences to it and that it, that you can discernibly hear when you listen. We have lighter, softer, prettier songs. We have full-on heavier, thrashier songs and everything in between. So we've always incorporated a lot of different elements. And I think doing that has allowed us a lot more creative freedom without feeling like we were straying too far from what we do because we've always had a, a wide variety. Right. What One thing that I, I think I read it in an interview that that – I believe you did um, is feeling that you're always either the heaviest band on a bill or the lightest band on a bill. And I could totally relate to that. And ha- how have you guys like, how do you treat it? Honestly, like, cause, cause I find, I find it a lot of people embrace it, but then there's some people who are just like, oh, no, this is, this, this is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> they don't open their minds to it. So how do you guys, how did you guys get over that hump of, of that especially when you guys were coming up yeah it's tricky like we we have never really fit perfectly anywhere it's either we're touring with metal bands and some of their uh crowd is like i could take or leave this i'm not really sure about this softer (laughs) stuff uh or we're touring with like more like pop punk acts and some of their fans are like whoa why are they yelling at me (laughs) um so it's been interesting um I think at times we've tried to tailor the set a little bit to the audience mm-hmm. um, with mixed success though. Uh, and I think we found that kind of just doing our thing um, a little more straight down the, the middle has been the best way to do it. Um, I, I remember, <laughs> this is a weird one. We went to Japan opening for Avril Lavigne for okay. like a two week tour Um and we started that off playing mostly like our like more pop punk leaning stuff. Um, and we're not getting much of a reaction from the the crowds. Like these were diehard Avril Lavigne fans, like, and <laughs> probably more so pop music fans than like, you know, she's like punk rock influenced or whatever. Yeah, right. uh, these are, these are pop fans. Uh, so we were trying to like tailor the set towards that and getting, yeah, kind of lukewarm, uh, feedback from them. Uh, so a couple shows in, we were like, let's just, you know, play what we would play uh, at a regular show and not, you know, cater to them too much. And the reaction was much, much more intense. Um, I think we scared some people at first, but <laughs> like a couple songs into the set, whenever Shane would scream, the crowd would cheer. They were like, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I think I might like it. So um, I, I think, yeah, just kind of doing what you do uh, is, is the best way to do it. You know, it's people don't necessarily like being pandered to. Catered yeah. to. Yeah. 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 I, I, that makes a lot of sense. Cause you feel like there's, there's no way you're going to be Avril, like for lack of a better term, Avril Lavigne enough for an Avril Lavigne crowd because they have her. Mm-hmm. Right. So be is be just be you <laughs> yeah. to the extreme and let it 
let it be whatever it is. Yeah. You know? And on the that other side of the coin, I, I, we've done some more like heavy, heavy tours where, you know, we just had to do what we do and we get off stage feeling like, oh, they hate us. Like definitely we <laughs> had a few beers thrown at us tonight. Right. That's okay. Whatever. But you go to the merch table afterwards and like dudes with piercing in their faces and like long black hair are like, I actually really like that. It's like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> right. Well, and you know what? You pick up those fans and they're your fans for life. Right. Too. You know, whatever, whatever fan is not in your genre that liked you at a show. It's like they're your fan forever, you yeah. know. Because and like, that, oh, that's why you need these support shows, right? Yeah, absolutely. get in front of some different people that don't already know about you, and uh, hopefully, uh, at least impress a, a couple of them so that they come to your show next time. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. So, as a as a band with um, like a huge catalog, right? Um, you know, you were just doing a tour where like you said, you had the whole lighting thing and you had everything kind of set up and you were doing those three different sets. I'm, I'm guessing that those sets were pretty straightforward, like in planned because you had the lighting and you had everything and everything kind of like had to work together. Right. Almost not choreographed, but planned, right? Planned. Yeah. 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 Do you prefer that as opposed to more of a loose, like figure out your set? I heard some story about you guys using like a, a prize wheel in Alaska to, pick a set what do, what do you personally kind of like veer towards do you like those like open anything can happen things or do you like the you know we've got we've got a lighting crew we've got this we've got this whole <laughs> allow me to take the easy way out here and say i i <laughs> love that we can do both yes. um the the less structured sets keep you on your toes mm -hmm. uh and and you know sometimes things don't go so well because you're thrown into something that you weren't ready for uh but you get better at being ready for it by the nature of that um and on the other hand it's it's really nice to know like exactly what song is coming next and uh you know like how when when you get a break to towel off or have a sip of whatever right. beverage mm -hmm. um I, I love that we can do both it's uh it's pretty cool I've actually, I, I'm, you know, I've been a long time fan. My wife actually got me into you guys. Uh, she, she saw you back at skate and surf. That's, that's how long she's actually liked you guys, but nice. I've seen you guys in both the, you know, the, the off the cup cuff, like warp tour, kind of like down and dirty sets. Okay. We got 30 minutes. Let's or 25 minutes. Let's go. And then, you know, your latest tour it's yeah i think i think it's just one of those things where if you're a headliner they're they're looking for a show right uh, you don't you don't see a lot of uh i mean maybe a little bit more nowadays but uh maybe a co-headliner or maybe a you know but i feel like you guys have like this really nice package for your tour uh your headlining stuff do you guys do that a lot with supporting sets or you know like you just do more of the off the cuff kind of stuff. We'll, we'll tend to structure it a lot more these days. I would say, um, yeah. it, depending, uh, like the last, uh, support tour, I think that I can remember that we did was, uh, the summer before last, I guess, uh, supporting August Burns red. Uh, and we were able to strike a deal with them to use some of their lighting rig, uh, and their lighting guy to, uh, program stuff for us so that, you know, nice. when you have that going on, they like to 
they like to have the same sort of set every day so yeah. that they can hit yeah, the yeah. cues at the right times. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and now how, how, how has touring gotten easier with the advent of like the helixes and stuff like that? I know you guys, you use the, uh, I'm on the camper. Oh, you're on the camper now. Okay. I'm on the camper now. Yeah. How do you, um, uh, how do you find that versus like a, like a helix? Uh, so Paul Mark is, uh, playing the helix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are both phenomenal tools. Um, like any amp, you can make it sound bad. You can make it sound good. You put a little work into it, dialing it all in. Uh, it's handy for us, especially having such a, a huge catalog of kind of different sounds and styles. You can really tailor uh, the presets to each song um, and and get pretty close to what it sounded like on the record. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really a handy tool um, for the, First while that we were using them, we were still running a power amp and live cabs on stage because mm-hmm. uh, it was just too weird and too big of a leap for us right. to go from playing like heads and cabs to <laughs> this little uh, digital toaster. Yeah. Nothing's hitting um, my legs. Yeah, it, it, it feels weird when there's not yeah. as much air moving on stage. Um, but like at various points, like we've been on in-ear monitors for a long time. Um, and at various points, we would even like turn the cabinets around or have them kind of off side stage so that there is less uh, sound on stage for the uh, sound engineer. They really like a, a quieter stage because they don't have yeah. as much bleed in between the different instruments and they can, right. you know, really dial in the, the, the sound a little better. Um, so we're not, we're not, you know, n- noobs at that concept, but uh, <laughs> yeah. At first, when we got the digital rigs, it was like, maybe this is just for flying because, you know, flying around, uh, you land in a city, they've rented you an amp. Maybe it's the right amp. If it is, great. But sometimes, even if it is the, the amp you've asked for, it's a messed up one and it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like you want Tubes it to. need to be changed. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? And, like, we have clean and dirty sounds. And, like, on the equipment rider, it definitely says, like, if you're renting us an amp, it has to have the foot switch so that we can switch between the channels. They don't always read this stuff. Yeah. So like too many bad experiences. We're like, okay, we're getting these little digital things, maybe just for flying. We'll, we'll, we can fit that in a little Pelican case and take it wherever we go and always have a consistent sound. Uh, but shortly after doing that, we were like, this is awesome <laughs> because even the best tube amp, uh, sounds different day to day, you know, yeah. different, different, power in different venues um just the uh, humidity and temperature of the air in the room the microphone placement on the speaker cabinet these things all can really make the tone change a lot and uh especially when you're running in your monitors like you notice that drastically and it can be really off-putting so yeah (laughs) yeah, very quickly we fell in love with these little uh digital rigs and started using them consistency I, is king we, is. we were both really we were both very like uh very apprehensive but he was the first one to take a dive into the into the helix and and i was like okay well maybe i'll dump my effects and i'll get the hx effects and so i did i got got that and then very quickly i said i wasted my money i should have just gotten <laughs> yeah never looked back i was doing the power amp for a little while too yeah but, yeah he had that going on yeah we, we've now, dropped all that now care yeah. yeah, we don't even bring cabinets anymore. We just put more lights behind us on stage so it looks yeah. crazy. Uh, and yeah, like 
I, I don't I don't even miss it at this point, especially yeah, with the in-ear monitors. Room, right? you, yeah, <laughs> room to move, uh, more lights, and yeah, it sounds perfect in the in-ears. Like there's no uh, interference between the different instruments. It, yeah. You know, you hear exactly what you want to hear when you want to hear it. It's uh, it's pretty tasty. Yeah, I was so excited when when it was like consistency. It was like, oh, whatever I dial in is exactly what the crowd's gonna hear. Because mm-hmm. someone told me before I, before I bought it, I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "You realize that the crowd has never heard that great tone that you created, right?" And I was like, "What? What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I bring it with me to the show?" And they're like, "Yeah, they don't hear it because it's mic'd and it's brought through a system, and then somebody takes out all your crappy low end that you put in when you mm-hmm. you know and." Mm-hmm. and you think about it and you're like oh wow okay so so I, if i do this i i hear exactly what they're going to hear so i have more control over what's going on and i know what's up yeah it was just a, it was definitely a huge huge thing for me i was interested in the positive grid thing i saw you you were um kind of working with for a little while and I yeah thought that was a cool little thing i also um I am a Les Paul person and I, it took me a while to figure out what exactly you were playing because it like looked like a Les Paul, but it was skinnier than a Les Paul. And I was like, is it a junior? Is it a, but then I saw that like you were using, I don't know if you're still using them, but you're using the Nick Huber, Huber. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. You're saying it right. I I have a couple different things. I I was a Les Paul guy for many, many, many years. Mm -hmm. uh, And then I destroyed my back probably in part, because of the Les Pauls, the Les Paul. they're just the <laughs> yeah. the heaviest guitars. It's more like a piece of furniture than it is an instrument. Well, you know? if you're active at all on stage, yeah. Just... So the, the the whole thing really uh, was uh, the catalyst for this was a tour that we did in Australia. First note of the first song, like I went to just strum a big chord, and something on my back clicked, oh. and uh, my left arm went numb, and I didn't feel it again for two months. Oh no! Yeah, so I had to sit out a European tour because I was oh. I was just out of commission. Wow. So I I did a whole bunch of physio and and got my back back into shape, right. uh, and was like I just can't risk it anymore. Like nothing sounds or feels quite like a Les Paul, but I got to try and find something else. Uh, so I played SGs for a while, much lighter, but yeah, doesn't sound or feel like a Les Paul. Not at all. And head um, socks fall off all the time. <laughs> yep. You know, they're very <laughs> fragile guitars. Um, then I don't know if you even saw some pictures of these, but I found these uh, Les Paul custom lights. Uh, it it looks like a Les Paul custom, but it's mm-hmm. a thin body. Not Didn't Frank have one of those? I think my guitar player had yeah. one briefly. It's not like chambered or anything. It's still a solid guitar, but it's uh, it's a much thinner body. Right. Um, looks and hangs more like a les paul but again doesn't really have that uh big sound that a les paul does um and then i yeah found these german guitars nick huber he makes this delightful les paul jr looking thing uh called the krautster and it uh like he's a german uh boutique guitar builder Mm -hmm. yeah he makes these things called the krautster and they are amazing uh I, I i can't say enough good stuff about it i've, I've got three of them now and uh, that's all like i i when you were i was watching i think it was probably the the positive grid video and you were playing along you were playing along to your music and you were talking about um you know just the the feel of playing and hearing chords and how you're a big chord guy and mm-hmm. stuff and you're kind of the in between between the bass player and the lead guitar um, which I feel I'm, I'm the rhythm guitar player and singer in my band. So it's like, I've always been a rhythm guitar player. That's, I love big chunky 
huge. That's what I love too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like strumming some chords. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so when you were playing along, I was like, "What is he playing?" Because it sounds huge, but I saw how thin it was, and I was like, "Is this?" At first, I was like, "Is this what this amp sounds like?" This is what. <laughs> <laughs> what is this Those amps sound great. They like, are. They are really all, good. All these digital things, these modern yeah. ones, they're all sound amazing. great. I, I yeah. absolutely like, amazing. Choose one, dial it mm-hmm. in. You're you're in good shape. But uh, yeah, the guitar goes a long way. Those Krautzers are actually not that thin, um, but they are lighter weight. Um, okay. One of the ones I have is actually uh, the bodywood is like Spanish cedar which you hear of acoustic guitars being made of yeah. cedar, right, yeah. but you don't uh, really see many electrics. That one is very light. I, I bought that one specifically because of how light it is. The other two that I have are less light. I think they might be a mahogany body. body. Um, okay. Much lighter than a Les Paul. It doesn't have the, uh, it's like a flat top. It doesn't have the, the arch. Right. So okay. a little, little less wood there. In the body. Are they brighter sounding? Or I mean, I don't want to go too into a guitar nerd, but... Uh... I wouldn't say <laughs> so. I don't think they have uh, the maple top like a Les Paul does, which okay. I think is where Les Paul gets yeah, a little bit more brightness added back in. Um, but they do have a maple neck, mm-hmm. uh, which adds a little bit more brightness back in. Um, yeah, I, I think they're just a very balanced sounding guitar. Um, I, I find them very like defined. Like you strum a chord, and it feels like you can hear every note in the chord. Oh, that's my favorite. Like they all interact with each other, but it it you you hear it all. It's not just like a muddy. Yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, man, that's the the two things I always look for with guitars. And again, I'm getting guitar nerded out. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I I want to hear everything, and then I want to feel the vibration in my body and my hand. Yeah. You know, if there's the big thick lacquer, you can't feel anything through it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like when you can hear every string and then you can kind of feel it vibrate, it's like, I'll pick a guitar before I ever plug it in. Cause I, I know mm-hmm. you can change pickups, but I'll just be like, Oh, this is the one, this is it. Yeah. You know? I like an, a lot of resonance too. And I, those guitars have that, the, the neck is really interesting in the way that it's uh, attached to the body. It's like slotted into the body. Okay. So it's like, it's yeah. a set, it's a set neck, but the, the body is carved way out, like down to below the first pickup and the neck like slots right down into that. And, Oh wow! It's yeah, it's they are beautiful guitars. This this guy is like a, I think a fourth generation woodworker. His his family has all been I think mostly furniture building. But he uh, right. he's like I like rock and roll. I'm going to build guitars. So he's, he's black sheep. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he's a master builder, and these things like they they fetch a pretty penny. Um, sure, yeah, sure. But as I said, I was looking for something that felt and sounded right. Uh, after destroying my back, uh, and I was like, mm, I can justify this. It's therapeutic. Yes, you know right. this is this is a medicinal guitar. It's a medicinal guitar. <laughs> exactly. It's like <laughs> you think you think Jen would uh, go? Yeah, you could get another PRS. That's that's medicinal. Uh, no, I no, don't. I don't no, she wouldn't. <laughs> okay, it's a hard sell. Yeah, when you have uh, a family. Well, and, I can I can say Josh said that playing a lighter guitar is better for your back. Well, I'll get one, and then, and that'll be it. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> cool, awesome. Um, yeah. I had other like I'm, I'm talking about guitars. Did you? I'm sure you had a million things. I, I could talk about guitars forever, but we can talk yeah. about. I, yeah, anything. I could. No. Sorry. No. Um. So like, so the writing process for you guys. Uh, I've I've listened to uh, Shane's podcast for a while too, and. Um, he said that you guys do, and you don't hear this a lot from 
bands going in to make records. Um, you hear he said that you guys write the songs and you have the set songs. You go into the studio, record them, and that's it. As opposed to what a lot of bands do is they'll have, okay, you're gonna have a twelve song record. Come in with twenty songs, and then the whittle them down, whittle them down process happens. Um, how do you? How did you guys get past that kind of thing? Um, I mean, I guess y- you were working with more independent labels toward the beginning, right? Like the mm-hmm. you know Victory and stuff like that. How how did you guys do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> we uh, you know at various points we have brought in more songs than we've uh recorded we generally like we do pre-production when we get into the studio uh where you sit and listen through all the demos and it's pretty quickly you are able to decide which ones are going to make it and which ones aren't and we don't spend a whole lot of time uh further working on ones that are just like not fitting with the rest of the songs or you know just there's too much work to be done on them or whatever um we've always been allowed to do whatever we want uh, as far as how many songs we're going to do. But we have a pretty good idea of what the finished product is going to come together as when we're starting out recording it. I think Jim had an answer to that. Yeah. I think Jim (laughs) has a very serious question. Uh, Which serious question? The the one that involves a picture as well. Oh yeah, I did. um, I did find a picture online of you and i would just like you to give me some more context i mean we so um (laughs) so we have two things that are that are coming up right now one uh we do need to we need to feed our sponsor our sweet sweet sponsor and so in doing that um if you don't mind we would like to have you help us feed our sponsor our sponsor is a company called poddex and what they do is they um they have a series that they put out of all these cards and it's like a deck of cards full set and they have different uh, questions, topics, um, conversation starters, things like that for beginning podcasters that might have a hard time kind of coming up with stuff that don't just like have talk a blue streak like the two of us do. <laughs> um, and we found that uh, it's kind of like if you've ever played like Cards Against Humanity, things like that. It's a, it's kind of a fun thing. I, I did cards with my family over the holidays and stuff while I was home and we were just like cracking up over them because there's some really good ones. So um i'm gonna have mike shuffle some to ask you a question from one of those this is a thing because jim jim worked in vegas yeah and uh he can't shuffle shuffle. cannot shuffle (laughs) for the life of him what did you do in vegas then uh i was a bartender there you go you don't need to shuffle so i didn't need to shuffle doesn't i need to i need to count money yeah well okay that i can do understood i got other people's (laughs) yeah so while he shuffles i figured that i would um bring this picture up now this isn't going to do anything for our listeners of the audio version but, but maybe the ones we'll on strangerhood tv maybe, maybe we'll put it up in the description or something but yeah we can I'm do our best to up. describe it too yeah so uh this is a picture of you <laughs> oh, oh yeah the chef barbecue chef so so it's a it's a picture of you sir um I'm going to assume it's shirtless only because uh, you've got quite the apron on um, man in the grill, man in the grill. It's a sweet hat, sweet sunglasses and uh, a red solo cup. I'm going to assume is a, is a tasty beverage. It's a tasty uh, beverage for sure. Can you, can you give me some, it looks like you, you <clears throat> got a, uh, 
I'm I'm looking behind you. It looks like whatever um, trailer you had also had some uh, some astroturf in it, like a little golf course with this. Yes, chair. indeed. What is going on here? What's what is this photo? I, I'm so glad that you asked because this really takes me back to brighter days. This is uh, <laughs> this is our uh, trailer setup on Warp Tour. Um, so okay. most of the time on Warp Tour, when at least when you're in one of the I don't want to call us one of the bigger bands, but you know, one of the bands that has enough clout to get uh, space on a one of the trucks that rides with the stages for your equipment. Mm-hmm. Your trailer is relatively empty. I think we keep merchandise only in it. Basically, you get you get to the first day of Warp Tour, all your gear gets pushed over to the stage the first day, and from that day on, it rides on a truck that is just behind the stage when you wake up in the morning. Oh, that's much better than. Yeah, if you've been to Warp Tour, you know that <laughs> yeah. th- there's some parking lots and like gravel pits and muddy. I've also I've also toured with a trailer, so I, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it saves you from having to push all your equipment across a field in the morning mm-hmm. uh, when you get your set time. Um, so yeah, we have this empty trailer and so much day to hang out because you know someday sometimes on Warp Tour you play it noon sometimes you play it right 6 p.m uh you never really know what you're gonna get but uh there's either way a lot of day to contend with so we bring quite the lounge setup uh we've taken to calling it the backyard as it is nice. behind it's behind the bus so uh, as it looks like one I, I, yeah I like it. so the trailer has that uh kind of uh drawbridge type of door that uh comes down uh, and we would put uh, something under the door that would make it level so it wasn't a ramp anymore, uh, and we put AstroTurf on that, and that was like our, our lawn in our backyard. Uh, and you can hang out there, because, yeah, some days it's asphalt, some days it's gravel, some days it's muddy. Never really conducive to a, a comfortable hangout, but now we have like a nice lawn to lounge in. And you put your chairs up there. Sometimes, you know, you spread out beyond that, but at least you have that. Right. Uh, you, you bring a grill. You bring a boom box. At night, you know, you, you don't have to drive to the next city until pretty late some nights if they're close cities. So uh, you, you have a barbecue after the show. And uh, I think we got known for being, you know, having a pretty nice setup and being nice canadian gentlemen so people were always <laughs> dropping by the backyard to grab a beer and a burger that's fantastic. um yeah I, I believe in that you are right that i was not wearing a shirt under the apron i might oh, not be wearing weren't. might not be wearing pants either <laughs> i i remember warp tour can get hot yeah warp tour does get hot and i remember them uh goading me to just bear it all with just the apron for the photo right. uh, well, i can't remember well, I if i did say... it or not but I will say it's a very sunshiny day. Beautiful. But you are not a tan person in this photo. He's Canadian. You I, so, I probably so I just, am from the elbow down. Yeah, yeah. You've got some from, from you know, you've got your short sleeve tan. So well, I can imagine a farmer this, was, tan going this was early yeah. in Warp Tour. It, it few, may have been. A few of this, you might have gotten more of a bronze god tan. I, see, I don't go shirtless a lot. I, I would probably have an apron tan, if anything. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the sort of thing where you're out in the sun all the time and wearing a shirt, even if you don't wear it all the time, you're going to end up more crisp 
uh, on the extremities than you are Indeed. on the torso. Indeed. Some people do really make a, a go of trying to keep an even tan. They wear like the little uh, little booty shorts and nothing else to try right. and you know expose themselves to the sun right, and right. Uh, keep it even. But uh, I am not that guy. Uh, I, I did spend more time with my shirt off and my shorts rolled up than I ever have in my life on warp tour uh in an attempt to to mitigate the farmer's tan but it, it's once it starts it's really hard to it's, it's yeah it's hard to, hard it's to lose. reverse it yeah i can't you start putting a lotion just on your forearms right <laughs> hoping they won't get any crispier and the rest of you will catch up but it just you don't get there never seems there's to always that that nether region between that that never quite it's it's either a little too much or not enough yeah so Getting back to paying the bills, yeah. Uh, we have four different decks. Well, there's five different desk decks, but four from you uh, to choose from. We have the interview deck part one, interview deck part two, the would you rather deck, and then the what the heck deck. Josh, which which one would you like to uh, pick your preference? From? Pick your poison. Let's go. What the heck? Do it. Okay. Green one. And, Why not? And that's where I. So while he shuffles, I will him. say that uh, you can go to poddex.com. And uh, if you want to order your own poddex, you can put in your promo code BACON, best promo code ever. BACON makes everything better. And, uh, and get yourself 10% off your order of poddex. Also, they are very, very cool company. And uh, the, the owner is very cool as well. Um, they got a cool podcast of their own. They've got they're great on socials. Um, they're just cool people. They also All have right. cool swag. Yeah, just like this, cool swag. like this one. Mm-hmm. We got that from poddex.com. So, All right. <laughs> I can see so, these being useful for more than just podcasting. You know, just real conversation oh, yeah. starters. They really That's are exactly a, what a it real is. get to know you type of thing. Yeah. yeah. As a as a bartender, I like I'll once I'm allowed to bartend again in life. Um, <laughs> I will be bringing a deck with me to work just to uh, help people out that I see could probably use a better way of talking to each other because that yeah. happens a lot at bars. You're like, man, you guys are you, awkward. You should, you should, <laughs> you should use some cards. You, you need a helping hand here. <laughs> you need a cue card, my friend. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold this up and I'm going to put my finger across and you just tell us when to stop here. Oh, stop. Okay. Here you can read the, the question. All right, all right. Oh, all right. Describe your sense of humor in just one word. Nonsensical. Good word. I like it. Good is word. that a word? A real word? It is now. <clears throat> if yeah. I understand it, it's a word. Yeah. I, I, Great. I, yeah. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I think I've used that before. Yeah. I like utter nonsense. It makes me laugh. It's not too far off from where we are. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm fond of nonsense. How's your How's your feeling uh, about uh, South Park? I I'm a fan. Are you a South I, Park? I I wouldn't say I'm <clears throat> caught up. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not the you know I'm a bad fan, but everything I've ever watched, I've thought, man, these guys are clever. <laughs> it's like yeah. one of those shows that uh it masquerades as you know maybe childish right idiotic type of stuff but it's like they're sharp 
yeah, yeah, yeah. They're making yeah. points. They're making points. They make in some there. good points there. Yeah. So, um, so we are two like friendly bands. We, uh, well, sort of friendly. Like back, like twelve years ago, friendly rivalries. We, we, we used to prank, prank each other yeah. a little bit. Uh, I shrink wrapped his van. Uh, Classic. What did you guys do? Uh, yeah, I, nobody we, remembers. We duct taped um, them into so, the studio while they were rehearsing, and they couldn't get out. Yeah, and then, and then when they came to our room, we were dressed in skin tight leotards just to make them all, yeah, question why. Yeah, uh, there was also the they they had a show very late in the middle of the week in the city, and they came back and the, the studio we were we were rehearsing in had the two two doors back to back, and we filled those two doors with ball pit ball balls. Pit balls. Yep. And they were unloading their gear in the morning three, on a Tuesday. Yeah, open two, the door, just ball pit. Yeah. So excellent. Um, we've heard the stories about you guys and Beartooth kind of being like, uh, you know, buddy buddy bands, Silvertooth, Silvertooth, if mm -hmm. you will. But so, what band are you guys like that with? Where where you guys will do little ribs here and there? Oh, geez. Nothing's coming to the top of my mind. We used to. <clears throat> really be into the pranks especially like the end of tour prank last show yeah. type of thing but uh i don't know we we've really fallen off on that um i think we i don't know you get to a point and it starts to feel like uh the shenanigans could interfere with the audience's enjoyment of the show which is like kind of first and foremost what we're all about right at this point so i i think we've maybe stopped pranking in in hopes of not getting pranked ourselves okay. um, I, <laughs> I did hear something about uh sia -ing. oh the old sia not really a prank so much as a late night i'm hungry uh yeah it, basically the rule is if there's something in the fridge that doesn't have a name written on it that's fair game that's that's anyone's right. uh to eat um and then you know after a few drinks real late at night when you get the the munchies after the bar just about anything feels fair game <laughs> and it can be made officially fair game by just declaring it so by stating the name that you read on the food and saying see ya so yeah bill like buys that. a lot of really nice expensive uh fancy groceries and the see a bill is one of my favorites we have a, a song about it on short songs i was i was gonna say yeah yeah, yeah. not That's really great. a prank we we used to prank it used to be silly string getting sprayed on people yeah um definitely like uh harmless things like while the other band is on stage during like their last song or whatever everybody runs out with a guitar and pretends they're playing Real, real light stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Nothing too crazy. I'm sure there's. These guys tried stories, to um, fill our uh, cases with um, packing peanuts. Yeah, we did fill in between when the we doors were with packing peanuts. Yes, they did do that. And but... our own demos. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Your demos. That's right. But uh, yeah, the one that I wanted to do so bad was uh, those inflatable rafts. Those automatic inflatable rafts. Is I wanted us to just throw it up there, pull the cord right on stage, and then run up there in like Gordon's fisherman jackets and <laughs> pretend we were fishing on stage. And it just never happened because bands break up. Right. Yeah. He thinks that means that we conceded in the, the prank war, but 
Well, my I band's, think otherwise. My band's still active. Yours isn't, so therefore I won't. <laughs> well, okay. So, so one thing I will say is, you guys, you guys have only um, replaced one, no, two people in your whole thing, your whole uh, twenty-one year span as a band, which is huge. That's that's, that's, that's pretty amazing, crazy, and it's only been one position. Mm-hmm. This guy has replaced all of them. In twelve years, I'm, I'm not as lucky. <laughs> you got to do what so, you got to do. Yeah. No, but uh, how do you guys are? Are you guys still as close as you were 21 years ago? How do you how do you guys tolerate each other after this <laughs> this long? <laughs> I think we try really hard to treat each other with respect. Um, you know, that, at the end of the day, we all yeah, <laughs> that's where it goes wrong, right? That's, uh, where, I, that's where I did it wrong. <laughs> we we all care a lot about doing this. Uh, and are still having as much fun as we ever have. Um, it's different fun. Like the adventure of it is maybe less than it was at the beginning. It's a lot more calculated now, um, but it's more comfortable. <laughs> so the, the, like not a real big trade-off there. Um, but yeah, just like looking out for each other and uh, treating it like family, you know, you're going to have good days and bad. Sure. Uh, everyone is. Uh, and you, you hope that they will accept and respect those moments of yours that are maybe less than perfect. Uh, and you treat them the same, you know, like kind of try and help somebody through a difficult time and, or just give them the space they need when they're dealing with something. Um, and not taking anything too personally, you know, just as a band that's on the road as much as you guys have been on the road, close quarters, you're right there, you're right there through everybody's everything, you know? So that's, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. I I think we have always cared about doing this more than anything. Um, so it, it, it has been fairly easy to kind of keep our eyes on the prize and, uh, stay motivated. Yeah. Just being kind and respectful to each other. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, I mean, I know it's tough, like people that are listening that are in bands and, and band members and bands that we know and stuff like that. There's always those times where like, you know, another good example is back to when the pandemic started and everything had to kind of come to a halt and you had to find a new way to do something. You're going to have, you know, people that, that maybe don't see the vision or aren't sure of it. And then other people that are spearheading this or have a great idea. And you really need to kind of rally around that and, and kind of uh, back somebody else's play, get out of your own way. Sometimes it's all, it's all kind of about doing that kind of that, that partnership thing. And um, you know, as a band that's done so many different things and kind of, like you said, been on the, like kept an eye on what's, changing and what's coming and and uh been willing to pivot um has that been have you found that to be just kind of an easy thing that you guys have have always been able to just do you know like i I think maybe not always but uh with a bit of practice it it gets easier you know if somebody has a idea that they believe really really strongly in um I, i think we trust each other enough to know that it's not motivated by something uh course yeah nefarious or or off in some way it's like (laughs) if you feel really strongly about this like let's give it a little bit of air and and see where it goes um and uh if if, i don't know if you don't have an idea then just stay out of the way and and be supportive um and and like be critical like listen and give feedback and and try and embrace it but you know with whatever constructive uh 
adjustments you can think of. Um, but yeah, just all kind of being involved in the process of trying to figure out what the next step is uh, in, in whatever way, you know, don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. But you, you got to all be on board mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of kitchens um, and cooks, food things for you has to be an interesting thing while you guys are on the road. What's uh, like, how do you go about stay, sticking to your, um, your dietary choices and things like that on the road when you're traveling um, different countries, different states, everything? How, how has that been for you? I, I will say it has gotten so much easier over the last five to 10 years. Right. Um, yeah. Most restaurants offer options that are, you know, good yeah, to go. Yeah. Uh, when we first started, the, it, it was much less. Um, there were things that you could modify at certain places, um, but they wouldn't necessarily know like what you're looking for so much as like, if you know, like I can get this side dish or whatever, but Hey, no butter in that. Right. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, that type of thing. Like, um, it, nowadays just about everywhere has an option by name of like a vegetarian or vegan option. Whereas at, at one point, if you said either of those words, you'd get looked at funny at the very least. Right, right. Um, how, how long have you, uh, adopted that, that lifestyle? Close to about 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, so almost the whole time. At the yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, it, it has gotten very easy. It like, it very much went from like just ordering a whole bunch of side dishes at a restaurant and yeah. specifying like, Hey, can you try not to put butter on that? And like, that's not cooked with chicken stock. Is it like right. all that type of stuff to, to, yeah. Like, uh, either, places that serve everything having options for us and uh just the advent of vegetarian vegan restaurants being much more uh prevalent and accessible like just about every town has one now um and that is one of the joys of uh traveling as a vegan is to get to go to all these different uh vegan restaurants that have maybe like a specialty that no one else has thought of somehow and you get to have all these favorite spots that you know you're coming back to next year or like six months later. Do you have any uh, recommendations? What's like a couple of your favorite spots when you tour? Like, <laughs> I know it's tough because it you is tour everywhere, tough. but it's like, yeah. like favorite spot in Australia where you've been a number of times or favorite spot in Canada, favorite spot like near you, favorite spot in the States. I, I'm uh, the worst at this because I always start drawing blanks when people uh, <laughs> ask me specific okay. questions like that. Okay. Um, a, a real general one, uh, and this is not a vegan or vegetarian specific thing, uh, but uh, a, like it's a chain, but it's not the biggest chain, not in every state, but Yard House. I don't know if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are spread out amongst the states. Uh, they have like, I don't know, 100 something beers on tap. Okay. Pretty nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, they serve meat. Great for some. And they also have uh, vegetarian, vegan options for others. So, like, that is a place that we find ourselves going a lot as we do have a, a diverse dietary crew. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a little something for everyone. Uh, and, I mean, it doesn't hurt. They have a whole variety of beers uh, yes. on offer. But, yeah, they have, like, these little boneless vegan wings. 
like my go-to there is the the vegan wings and a salad and then i don't know five or six beers um what what kind of beer do you lean towards like uh are you a porter guy a stout guy ipa guy What, what what do you do I would say I'm an IPA guy. I, uh, I I am I don't like to be snobby, but I am a little bit snobby on that. Uh, it's all right to be a little snobby. I, I think as craft beer has exploded, right. uh, just about everybody makes an IPA, and a lot of them are not good. Well, it's, um, you know what? It's it, the advent of the you know the home brewer and the the small startups and stuff like that. IPAs are actually the easiest beer, from what I understand, to brew. Um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's good. Yeah. There are so many subdivisions of the style at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally, it was a beer that was overly hopped, so it would because hops are a bit of a preservative. Uh, it, so it would survive the long voyage between England and the New World. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of those, especially because they were on ships for weeks to months at a time, uh, would end up tasting not so fresh. They would be pretty scuzzy. Right. Uh, and the hops were just in excess to, to help preserve them. Um, the the beers that I like the most in that category are the ones that have like really, really, really fresh uh, tastes uh, that give you like grapefruit, uh, citrusy vibes, yeah. and are not overly harsh and scuzzy. Um, the my favorite style as of late. Uh, within the IPA world is like the uh, Northeast or New England style IPA uh, that is uh, generally unfiltered. So if you pour it in a glass, it's super hazy. It looks more like orange juice than beer. Right. Uh, And they are generally very sweet and juicy. That is my favorite thing these days. Uh, But as it has become popular, there's breweries attempting it that are just not executing it that well. Uh, so, you know, you got to try a few duds before you find the good ones sometimes. Yeah. Um, but hey, it's that's half the fun, you know. Uh, I do like dark beers as well. Okay. Um, but I do find them more uh, preferable in the winter months. Yeah. Makes yeah, nice, naturally. Nice little warmer. You Tough know? to do on a summer day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little heavy. Used to, it used to be that uh, drinking a Guinness was like eating a roast beef sandwich. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to chew it a little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, which I like in the winter. You know, I get yeah. To, I like I like to spend a lot of time outside, and I get back from a, a long day out in the snow, and I like to have a, a couple of beers, and uh, a dark beer definitely feels right. Then I've been drinking a lot of this. I told you I was up north, uh, kind of off the grid. Uh, there's a local brewery here that does a, a really nice coffee porter, and I've had far too many of those as of late. Ooh. I'm a big fan of the coffee. Yeah, I'm porter. a big fan. Yeah, yeah. me too, yeah. especially in the winter. This yeah, past absolutely. this past week, um, there's a brewery around here on Long Island called um, Great South Bay Brewery. Mm-hmm. They just put out a uh, breakfast nook lager, and I was really surprised because. I'm not usually a lager person. Yeah, me I'm, I'm always, you know, darker beer and stuff. Um, and when you have like flavors in a lager, it tends to get like bland and kind of the first sip is like, oh, this is good. And then by the third or fourth, you're like, OK, I'm, I'm over this. Um, but they make a very good breakfast nook lager that is it's it's cinnamon toast crunch. My goodness. It's it is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that that was my my jam for this week. Yeah, I saw your picture of that. You threatened me with a picture of that, but I haven't seen any since. I've yeah, they're gone. <laughs> they're long gone. Yeah. Yeah, loggers. Uh, so. Loggers are tricky. Um, it it often feels to me like the the best ones are the the big domestics. You know, just right. an easy drinking, crushable beer. Yeah. Like you yeah. just mow the lawn on a hot summer day, and you need some refreshment. Yeah, I'm a big Yingling, Yingling fan too. A, yeah, yeah, for a, sure. Or a Sam Adams or something. That's, yeah. that's what it's, I, I feel the same way. Where it's just kind of like, oh, this is my the Seven Eleven beer. Yeah, I'll go grab it in a gas station. They have their place. As much as I can be snobby, I I really do enjoy, uh, you know, some down and dirty regular old fashioned brewski. All right. So what what's what's your favorite down and dirty? Is it the High Life? Is it the the Rolling Rock? What what's your what's your jam? Um, <laughs> I I like actually tend towards Mexican beers. I I like like Tecate. Okay. Tecate is pretty pretty nice. Yeah. Tecate is um, yeah. Tecate brings me back to uh, my my honeymoon because we went to Mexico and they just oh. packed the fridge with those and yeah. that was good with me. Really, you know, if it's uh, if you're drinking a beer, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you're not in any a bad beer. Place. Yeah, <laughs> no, things are good. That's 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 absolutely right. Well, hey man, we've been on here for a little over an hour now. Um, I am more than willing to stay on and hang out and everything, but your time I know is valuable and I'm sure we're on borrowed time as it is, but uh, we can finish this now. We can keep going. It's, it's really up to you. We can make this a two parter with you. I like we've we done also, that with a few people, but we also uh, have uh, Sean. Yep. Uh, you, you got can, another you one coming come, up. You can, you can come hang out with us if yeah. you want, <laughs> if you want to meet, uh, how do you say his last name? Kanan. Kanan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he he was uh, he was Mike Barnes, Karate Bad Boy, the Tournament Terror in yeah. Karate Kid Karate Three, Kid 3. <laughs> and apparently in a bunch of freaking uh, soap operas. Yeah, like he was in like Bold and the Beautiful for 198 episodes or something like that. <laughs> Crazy, yeah, those shows just run and run. Yeah. Oh, do you have a uh, do you, do you have a when you're on tour? Do you have like a do you binge watch shows? Do you play video games? Do you what's what's kind of your wind down? Not much of a video game guy. Um, and I would say recently have been watching a lot less TV on tour at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like a little whatever's on. Those tour buses have satellite, yeah. Uh, so you get a lot of channels and shows that I I don't even know what these things are. <laughs> um, but you know, like I don't know. Like Bar Rescue, that's a nice one. It's a good one. Oh, okay. It's a good one to get lost yeah, in for a something while. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Easy, something easy to throw on that you don't really have to pay attention to because there's usually right. so much going on. If you're trying to actually get into something and pay attention to it, you're gonna. How about how about when you're annoyed. at home? When you're when you're at home and you're not doing music related things, what's what's your what's your thing? You said you're outside. Um, are you? Do you, are you ski? A hiker? Do you hunt? Do you hike? Do you what? what what's your thing? I, I really do love hiking. Um, in the winter, it turns into snowshoeing. Snowshoeing, yeah. Uh, I, I'm an avid snowboarder. Uh, this year has been pretty squashed for us, though. Uh, the lockdowns affected our ski hills here. Right. So I uh, have only gotten back out in the last week or so. Um, that's been a bit of a bummer. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to just be outdoors doing whatever, walking around looking at nature um yeah have been watching tv a bit too though you know in the in the evenings it's pretty cold up here still um 
yeah rewatching comfort shows like the office and uh nice yeah yeah one you can always put on yeah i i have checked out a whole whack of new shows during the pandemic like obviously Mm -hmm. like starting with like tiger king and right kind of like documentary reality stuff like that um I, i do find though a lot of the shows that are getting made these days like grab you for at least a few episodes maybe for a season but then they really peter yeah, off after that yeah i was i just watched uh you, mm, you yeah that on netflix we watched yeah yeah it's so it's like uh a guy that's a bit of a i don't know what you call him i'm not he's a serial killer, a, a clinician yeah. maybe he's a serial killer he, it's from his perspective so it's he seems like a bit of a sociopath for sure yeah uh yeah. a romantic sociopath uh he wants what he wants and yeah kills that those that don't give that to them yeah yeah Uh, i just went through first uh, season fine the rest of it's been difficult yeah i just went through uh the sinner oh Oh, yeah yeah i'm uh, i'm on i'm I'm halfway through season three i I, so i started the first season of that and i got maybe halfway through it and i was like this is pretty cool or whatever but i don't know it, it gets it gets wild. slow. It gets slow in the middle, yeah. And then yeah. you kind of like it gets right. wild at the end. At the end, at the second season, the second season was uh, was yeah. great. I, what I like about it is that it's still got Bill Pullman, but mm-hmm. then it's like a whole different case. So every season is a different case, right. and mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like that concept. I I, I do and I don't. It's like I I hate getting invested with a character, and then and then the, the show gone. continues on, and they're just gone. Yeah, um, and like the whole show is kind of different. Uh, the first season of that was uh, what's her name? Jessica Biel. Cool. Jessica that's Biel. that's yeah. the name that I was trying to think of. Yeah, so I, I was fairly into that, but I, I don't know why I stopped watching. Just so many things I start watching, and then I guess maybe I even forget that I've been watching it, and I try and start something new, and then I get enthralled in that for a hot minute before it loses me. I but mean, yeah, the the old think. comfort shows like The Office, I can keep coming back to. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we got on here, I was setting up the office here again and uh, was watching some Parks and Rec. Another just yeah, comf- good one. Yeah. comfortable thing to throw on. Throw it on and easy doesn't matter watch. what episode it's easy. on. You're not, yeah. you're not lost. No. No. Lost was a good show, but definitely yeah. not a comfort show. For a while it was. Yeah. Exactly. For a while it was, and then, I don't know, they got the plug pulled or whatever, and they had to wrap it up, and I, yeah. I didn't feel like they wrapped it up all that well. Yeah. No, I, I I feel like they kind of like didn't know where they were going. Yeah, and they're they, like, "Oh, we got to end this." Yeah, uh, what do we? How do we do it? Dead. It's Dead. like every <laughs> every episode left you with more questions. Yeah, and yeah. then they had to just tie it all up, and you were like, "But what about all this stuff? You right. never explained it. Why did you show that to me?" You know, a show's good when the finale leaves you with questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, "Wait, what?" But it's so, done. So, Josh, are you a are you a Dexter guy? Uh, I did watch all of Dexter and like that one. Yeah. Are you are you excited about uh, the continuation? I mean, I, at first I was like pretty uh, indifferent on it, but it does make sense because that ending yeah. again was yeah. not the best ending. So, like, okay, I guess it was not an ending. It was a right. to be continued, and that feels better than leaving it on that note. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm absolutely. No spoilers. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, 
Uh, it was no, good. Oh no! Yeah, oh sorry. No. no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I was huge into Breaking Bad, uh, oh, and, yeah. and have been very, very, very much enjoying Better Call Saul. Uh, I, I can't wait for that to come back and for I them to tie that, that one up. Oh, get I, into it. Yeah. I heard that they're well. I, I think I watched the first season and a half, and now there's, uh, from what I understand, they're very close to the beginning of Breaking Bad. Yeah, and, I think uh, they are coming close. And and Gus Fring is in it uh pretty frequently and Gus Fring is probably the best television villain ever. He's uh he's a pretty okay. evil dude. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you liked Breaking Bad, I I would say that you would love Better Call Saul. It it yeah. maybe is a bit of a slower burn, but you know what it's building towards. Yeah. Uh, right. And I I like am just so thrilled to have any glimpse into that world because of being such a fan of Breaking Bad. Did you uh, did you see El Camino? I did. I didn't love it. It, was, I, it pains yeah. me to say, but uh, yeah. I I don't know if it was just uh, I don't know if it was overly hyped or just in my mind it should have been more. I I, I wanted was, I wanted so much more from it. You know, we, you you see the beginning with uh, with Skinny Pete and Badger, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, after that, it just kind of peters off. Yeah, it was real. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was okay. So. I, I never saw that. So. Don't. Yeah, I was again happy to have a glimpse into that world lucky. again. But yeah, yeah. I, uh... If you want to just see Skinny Pete real quick, you're good. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. well. I uh, I mean the only the only real question that I had left uh, in my written down questions for you was um, being is, is there anything that maple syrup is not good on uh, was was really the I was I was building this entire interview <laughs> to that question because I felt like that was really what we were all trying to get to. I mean yeah. I can't think of anything that it's not good on because for me there's absolutely nothing it's not good on. Do you ever have it straight? Just Oh yes, yes. Like, I I am not proud. You know what? If it, like like Elf, like <laughs> yeah. My wife has caught me drinking it straight out of the bottle before. Oh, it's so good though. Snob, you know what I should? You know what I should get? I should get the the maple product. Uh, no, you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, have you ha- growing up? Did you ever do the uh, the the spigot in the tree maple syrup thing? I remember I did that. Uh, Absolutely. I lived in I lived in New Hampshire for a while. Oh yeah. Kid, and we went and did that. So that was a, you, you did your own maple syrup, right? Yeah, it's a treat, you know, it tasting, really tasting the sap right from the tree. It's, uh, oh, man. Just it's maple Yeah, <laughs> just bleeding a tree. It's almost I like the, uh, the seltzer the, of, uh, like the LaCroix of, uh, right. maple, syrup. <laughs> maple syrup. When you get yes. the sap right from the tree, it's like maple syrup light. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I've never done it before. I got to do it. You got to do, oh, yeah. do it. I have to do it. If you're I've, a fan of the syrup, you gotta yeah. make the pilgrimage. If you're not a fan, see where of it comes syrup. from. Yeah. If you're not a fan of the syrup. Get the hell out. I, I don't yeah, know. Right. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, we can't really top anything. Yeah. No, dude. Thank you so much I mean, for being on. Like I said, we're we're uh, we've been on for a long time. We've been on for an hour and a half. It doesn't feel like it. I'm only noticing that because I looked up at the clock and I and I thank you for spending so much of your time with us, dude. It's, it's been a pleasure. Fun. Yeah. It's been super cool. We've uh, like I've appreciated. It. He's appreciated. Yeah. It. Um, it's been a blast talking to you. Thank you so much. Um, please uh, 
consider coming on again when you guys ha have something coming out and we would love to have you on again and we'll talk about it and we'll uh and we'll do some promo for it too and and uh, anything we can do to give you a place to make noise yeah <laughs> Beauty. we're all we're all in the world of doing things online right now so any avenue is a good avenue so that's what we're doing yeah we'll we'll yeah. have something new to promote at some point soon i think you know we're trying to stay busy and stay creative and stay current so we're always so, working tell everybody listening though what uh what what they can go listen to right now what you'd like to have them go check out right now where they can yeah. find it I mean, we already chatted about it a bit, but just to drill it home, the uh, the uh, new record is called A Beautiful Place to Drown. Listen to it wherever you get your music. It's up there. Uh, there's music videos for a few of the songs. Some of them are pretty nice. You might enjoy those if you like a visual with your music. Um, yeah, the, the live streams have all gone away. They're off the internet for now. Maybe those will come back out. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, check us out on Instagram at Silverstein. Uh, I'm at Tourbeard. Uh, and yeah, well, we'll keep you up to date on what we're doing. I, I have no doubt that we'll have something fresh happening real soon. So come check it out. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do listen to beautiful place to drown because it is, it is awesome. Yeah, it's a heavy recommendation from your, uh, bacon is my passion. I've been bothering people about that for a year now. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, took you long enough. Heavy rotation. <laughs> uh, I'm so, so I apologized already. I apologize yeah. for my laps. It's all good. And uh, I won't let it happen again. All good. <laughs> Some of my favorite bands have put out many records that I, I still need to go check out, you know? And, and it happens. You yeah. know, you, you just, the world is a busy place. You You get caught up in things and don't, have time to pay attention to everything but you can make good on that by especially these days with more free time on our hands going backwards and checking some stuff out absolutely that's that's what i've been doing that's what anybody listening should do um i for one have enjoyed my last couple of days of deep diving into all the material and uh jumping online and seeing some things too so uh thank you guys for uh staying on it and yeah. keeping it going and killing it and continuing to put stuff out um even during some trying times i know that uh i know that fans and people in general are they they need that they need something you know and um as an entertainer and as a songwriter and as a performer it's kind of like you give them something you get them out of their head you get them out of the the space that they're in and that's that's pretty awesome you know and people I, I, keep saying this stuff to us and thanking us for you know staying so active and giving them things to enjoy and distract themselves with and it, like it it goes both ways it has been the best thing for us as well to stay busy mm -hmm. and, and keep creating and doing what we love to do in any way that we can and the fact that people are using their uh, attention to pointed at that is a beautiful thing and I, I, i'm grateful because it has helped me a lot through these hard times too absolutely awesome well, once again thank you so much for hanging with us and i hope you guys enjoyed it we're gonna have uh links to everything in the description so you can check out um we'll just have links to wherever you guys are everything we'll have links to the spotify's and the apples and the yeah the places the stuff online. And of course, you can catch Jimmy at all of his things. Yes, you can catch me uh, Instagram, Jimmy G's Shoes. It's a lot of pictures of my shoes places. Uh, I am uh, Craving Strange is uh, is the band online, cravingstrange.net. You can find me there. 
Um, you can find Mr. Wayman. Yes, uh, at uh, me, my own self, Mike, uh, at all the social media thingies. And then uh, my band, Something Heavy. Uh, yeah. We got some new stuff in the works. So hopefully soon, hopefully soon we can have a little bit of news about that. Yeah. And you can catch us every single Monday here on bacon is my podcast you can jump on bacon is my podcast.com grab yourself a t-shirt that says what is your bacon because bacon is just our metaphor for love and life and whatever it is that makes your day better so uh always remember hashtag what is your bacon and i will say uh josh after speaking to you for this time i will say that uh man I, I, it's hard to nail down what your bacon actually is because music's your bacon the outdoors is your bacon uh, the outdoors so, is my bacon. Yeah, it, it it feels like it. It feels yeah. like it though. So we'll we'll stick with that. So life is my bacon. Life, there life you is your bacon. Yeah. So everybody listening, what's your bacon? We'll see you next time. Thanks see for you later, guys. Out.